Hey guys, Jack here. Thanks again for tuning in this week. A quick reminder, head to our website, justhandspoker.com. There you'll find information about coaching and our membership program. Keep in mind, our membership program has a money-back guarantee. But if you're a little more risk-averse, then you can try it for free. So head to justhandspoker.com, follow the links to membership, and explore the rest of the site while you're at it. All right, thank you guys so much, and enjoy this week's episode. So we're back here. Uh, Ken and James is still at my Las Vegas Airbnb. As you're listening to this, uh, that will be... When will that be exactly? It'll be July 18th, so hopefully I'll be taking my break after uh, day six or day seven of the main, getting ready yes. for the final table. Yes. Are you going to be playing the main this year? Yeah, uh, I'll be playing day 1C. We're day doing 1C. actually some HPT recordings before then, so okay, um, I'll be playing 1C. So, um, but you, it's funny, you were just saying, you know, when you're listening to this and, and we're doing it now, right? Yeah. But they're listening to it in the now. So yeah. one of the cool things about the Berkey thing is how he's saying about playing the river backwards, you know, mm-hmm. it's like bringing the future into the now. Yeah. It's a cool concept. I love that concept. Yeah. Are, are you, um, so again, you're not going to be giving away an edge because it won't be going up for two weeks. I put a lot of thought into like basically what day one of the main I'm going to play as well mm-hmm. as the other tournaments. Like yeah. Yeah, I play like Binions and Monsters, like what's going to be the softest table? What's going to, what's going to be the best? And I've kind of arrived at the point for the main where it's the difference is relatively negligible and I'm going to play the day that makes the most sense for me personally, which is day one a so that I have the most amount of rest for the long, the hopeful long grind. Okay. Uh, but what determines you to play day one C what's your experience as a, you know, season yeah. Las Vegas. Well, based yeah. Pro? I, I, yeah. I play this event, obviously <laughs> almost every know. year for yeah. almost every <laughs> year for the last 10 or so years. I got a 38th and 03 and a 42nd and 05 and, mm-hmm. and, um, what determines it to answer your question is I have found the later the better just because uh, the main consideration for me is usually you want the most players in the field Uh, Mm because the greater the field the weaker the competition tends to be you know the better your chances at a good table draw yeah and that that typically is the the last day yeah and that goes with just about every tournament every tournament so Typically, have, have the you last played, day is much better. Have you played much of day 1A or day 1B of the main? I have. I've played some of those. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of the pros, top pros, like to play A or B, ironically enough. Oh. Some, some like, are from Europe, you know, or things like that. Or So if they get out, they want they to... They get out, they want to move on. They don't want to sit around and wait. <laughs> yeah, you're making me maybe rethink my uh, <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. I just... That's just been my experience. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be yours. It might end up being uh, a great day for you. To play. Yeah, it's funny. There's there's been some some people that have said basically like that that the later the day, the bigger the field is a correlation with you know it being good. But then I have to wonder. It's like okay, if all the pros that know this are playing the last day, like how much better is it really? You know. That's right. That's right. Well, if every yeah, if everybody knows that, <laughs> then uh, isn't that negligible? Well. Then you get in between knowledge and application. Yeah, and please for sure. remember, knowledge without application is useless. Yep. And a consideration I've thought about is okay, if I'm a recreational player, there's kind of two ways to think about it. There's like I want to envision myself doing really well in the main, so then I'm taking a week off work no matter what, <laughs> and right. then maybe I get to then I want to play day one C, so I get the weekend with my family or something. Okay. But then there's also like I think the player that maybe is a little more realistic, where it's like. Let me fly out for the weekend, so then if I don't make it past, 
I don't have to miss any work. True. Yeah. So that's. You but know, th- those are all know. valid considerations. Yeah. Um, to each his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just. Also, then there's one thing you didn't mention. What about the consideration, which, of course, you wouldn't have this consideration that how you're trending. You know, it's just like when you're in sync. Some people like that when things are running well, they don't like that break. They want to just keep going. You're in the groove. Mm-hmm. Like in music, right? Yeah. You're in the groove. You don't want to break and then pick it back up. Obviously, you can, but when you're jamming and you're in the groove, you want to stay in the groove. You don't want to hop in and out of it. Um, yeah, so I you guess, got that kind of thing. I guess for me, like, the groove is not... I I don't know what you mean exactly by group, but for me, like the poker groove isn't going to be like I'm running well. It's going to be like I feel like I'm, you know, focused and making correct decisions. Right. And then more rest time is going to allow me to do that better for me personally. Right. But what happens in that rest time? There's a lot that can happen in a rest, right? I like exercise, in music, like, sleep like, well. Uh, I... Yeah. But what happens now? You you you, you know you get in a fight with the uh, the girlfriend or the wife or the boyfriend, and you you no girlfriend, no boyfriend, just get... just poker for me. For oh, okay. Few weeks. Well, so nothing can interfere, <laughs> and you're, nothing can come in and interfere. So, but yeah, you don't. You just don't know. Sometimes you don't sleep well. Sometimes you know what I mean. So that thing, I want to get rest. I see. The very thing that you're resisting, which is not being rested actually comes to fruition because you don't sleep well, you get interrupted, whatever. So, um, anyway, well, this so. is my first man event. We'll see. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm yeah. excited for you. That's great. Thank man. you. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, everyone that I've heard that is, or not everyone, but the vast majority of people that I know that have made a deep run in the main yeah. say it's like their best or one of their best poker experiences they've had in their life. Absolutely. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Good for you. I, I was standing on the rail in 1997, um, first year I met Scotty Wynn, and then okay. had dinner with him the night before he won it, actually, up at Binion's Steakhouse, top of Binion's. Wow. And it was always my dream to play in the event. And they didn't have lots online, all satellites, everything that you guys yeah, got, you right? Yeah, bu- you buy in. So yeah. I'm like, $10,000, how am I ever going to have $10,000? And 10000 in the late 90s, what's that now with inflation? Like, like? a million. <laughs> That's what it feels like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so... But I, again, I was determined. And I was playing one-two limit hold'em poker at the time. Wow. Right? Okay. So yeah. I was just a kid in a candy store. Uh huh. So it took me five years, two thousand two, mm-hmm. to get to that. Just to get to the dance. Yeah. You know what you guys now can do it in less than a year. Um, just with online and. The, the fast pace of everything is just moving yeah. so fast. Well, it's much harder now with online. I'm, you know, during mm-hmm. the during the online boom, it was much more possible and you know regular for someone to run up a roll. These days, the games are exponentially mm-hmm. tougher. Like I would argue that like a a five cent ten cent game on Poker Stars is going to be have a much higher level of poker skill and intelligence than a two five game. You know, well, could be. But uh, yeah. two years ago, uh, that's how I got I got my. Uh, I won my seat into the main event for 30, uh, I think it was $30 or 25, $30, $33. Yeah. So I looked over to Chris Moneymaker, who was playing the same day as I was. I said, mm-hmm. Chris, how much you win your seat for? I forget. He said 36, I think he said 36, whatever he said. Yeah. I said, I got you, man. Yeah. I'm in for 33 today. Yeah, no, there's definitely more options for doing that, but in terms of like 
the actual probability over a large sample, it seems to be, I would argue, exponentially harder in 2017 than it would be in, you know, 05, 06. Uh, ah, yes. Yeah, yes, that's, yes, all, that's yes, all I'm yes. saying. Like, the, the, like, yes. the, the proponents of, like, young people that were able to go from playing online to having five, six, seven-figure bankrolls, yes. that was much more of a thing I agree. back then But than easier than, 07, than 97 or 98. I would... 100% agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't know much from experience, but I, I do know now that, like, at least getting to, like, the 2-5, kind of 2 five, five, ten level, uh, at least, you know, from my experience personally, and yeah. as well as coaching some students that have gone from losing 1-2 players to, like, winning 2-5 and 1, you know, 5-10 player, um, I would, you know, it's definitely possible. It just, it takes, take, take some work and, you know, ride up what the do you, What do you think the work is? Where do you think the biggest, uh, for that player, the jump and the ability to it, do it that. really depends like some people i've coached because of who they are and their jobs or whatever they're really good learners and you know i have a lot of discipline i think that's really the most important thing discipline uh uh not yeah. so much discipline but like the whole package of like being able to just focus in at the table and do high quality practice away from the table like i think the the hardest thing and what i view my job is especially with newer students as a teacher is really kind of teaching one how to learn more yeah. so than anything that's specific to poker. Mm-hmm. Kind of in that break, we were talking about music and everything. Like, yeah. for me, there's nothing. I play the trumpet. There's, like, nothing harder than, like, playing the trumpet. So, like, the <laughs> fact that now that I've learned how to play that decently well and, like, yes. be able to practice, yes. that makes all the other type of things I need to practice in my life a lot easier, relatively speaking. Yeah. A lot of my students are, are generally, like, middle-aged guys that don't nece- aren't necessarily musicians, don't necessarily have something that they practice and work hard in a determined mm-hmm. fashion every day. So the hardest thing is get- getting from like how they live their lives now to then making poker study a habit of something they do 30, 60, 90 minutes a day. Yes. That's usually the biggest jump. There's not I agree, like, yeah. I don't think there's like a ton of intelligence involved to like be able to beat 2-5 no limit or like be profitable in, you know, t- tournaments of $1,500 or less. Uh, at least live tournaments. I think it's it's really more of just a matter of like, you know, having a discipline to like do what you know is correct at the table, and then the focus to be able to like understand like the 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 important technical skills uh, involved yeah. in playing poker. I agree. Yeah, getting getting some. I I always admire somebody who comes in to learn uh, because a student is rare. You know, you're right. Just to teach somebody how to be a student how to study in order to apply what you're learning to better yourself in your game is not an easy thing to do no it's not and i feel very lucky that i've had you know a whole circum like whole set of life circumstances that have allowed me to like you know become a student and focus so much of my time on music because that really just i think pays dividends for for other things where even if you're i mean i i think most students that come to me are generally like really smart people but some of the ones that mm-hmm. you know will do a few lessons and then kind of like dribble off yeah. it's they just maybe they ha- haven't done it for 20 years or maybe they've just never really done deep quality study you know they maybe yeah. they're just smart enough guys where they throughout high school and college they can mm-hmm. do well enough by just kind of paying attention and doing the stuff never mm-hmm. kind of found that thing where like you know they're motivated now to read this thing and take notes and ask questions. You know a little bit every day. So. Well, you you give some credit to your circumstances. You mm-hmm. said, um, but I would I would I would venture to say that it has more to do with you. Uh, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. I mean, I, I think you know 
I am very much who I am because I was born in the United States in 1993. Once again, once again, you're giving it to your circumstances. Uh, No, a lot has to do with you and uh, who you are. And those things that you produced out of those circumstances are a result or an extension of who you are. You're not an extension of those. So I, I, I think, so I anyway, I'll, 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 I'll let you, I'll let you ponder <laughs> that. Maybe your, maybe your humility will, uh, will not allow you to have that, but, uh, you know, and those that aren't, yes, there is, you know, it's, it's that, that argument that how much is environment and how much is the person, right? Yeah. And certainly the ex- attention span that we have today with, uh, especially the young people because of the competing interests. Yes. Definitely. It's a challenge. I mm-hmm. mean, they're always on the phone. They got the video games. They got, everything is sensorial, uh, distractions. Yeah. So just teaching a person how to go from A to B, you know, how to complete a song, uh, before you get to the third measure and then you leave. Or just like not text someone for an hour, not check Instagram for an Absolutely. hour. You know, you can't really practice well if you're on your phone. In the same way with studying poker, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, how about just start with 20, 30 minutes. You're on internet airplane mode. You're taking notes either like on Word doc or like offline Google doc. Yeah. Maybe by hand. And for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I didn't even consider doing something like that. You know? Like, yeah. And, and these are people not necessarily like younger people. Like most of, most of my clients are probably like you know, meeting age, like early forties. Oh really? Yeah. So really? Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Just, just meeting you and knowing you cause you'll attract certain types of clients. Interestingly enough, like it's not, they don't show up by accident. <laughs> well, thank you. I guess <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. You, you, you're welcome. It's just, it's you know it's thing. I mean, it's just the way it is. Okay. I'm gonna tell you. You know, you'll figure it out or find it out for yourself. But yeah, uh, yeah it's you. You see somebody. And, uh, you know, uh, why are you here? Uh, the answer that comes back to you should not be a shock. Yeah. No. You definitely hear about like a lot of. I mean, not just for poker coaching, but any type of like coach, life coach, consultant, whatever. Right. Like the best of the best. Yeah. They're not just great at their jobs. They're great at only getting the best clients. You know, that's like. I feel like something to aspire to for whatever field. So, or, you know. what what is? Let me just challenge that for yeah. a moment. What do you mean the best client? Um, What's the best client? The best client is someone where you know you're you're learning from them, no matter what the professional relationship is. Uh-huh. Uh, you're happy to work with them. You're happy to help them and make them succeed. Yes. Uh, and they don't cause a lot of stress, headache, and emotional kind of turmoil as a result. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm getting, I'm influenced as listeners of the show know heavily by the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So, you know, he talks a lot about the 80, 20 rule and how like, you know, for as much as you can, for whatever business you run or happen to run or whatever you coach or do on the side, right. try to, you know, get those, uh, 20% of clients that give you 80% of the income and fire the 80% of the clients, mm-hmm. you know, or like fire the 20% of the clients that give you 80% of the hassle and kind of yeah, think yeah, about I stuff see. like that. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like with you, you know, you're very selective about your co- your coaching. So like, I, I imagine am. most of your students are people that you could probably call friends and that you... Not really. I try to keep, for the most part, I try to keep the space. Okay. Always keep three feet. Got it. Um, because it's only through objectivity, right? Through distance. Mm-hmm. You have perspective. 
Yeah. So if you close the distance too much, you, you tend to lose perspective. Yeah. And so to honor them, uh, as well as the work that I do, I have to keep a certain amount of distance. But as far as selecting, what I mean is, do they have the, are they a student? Yeah. Do they have the capability to learn? Do they have the capability to take direction? And what makes you determine that, like when you're first meeting someone? Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, okay, take a note. And if a person, take this down. And if the person picks up the pen and Uh starts taking the note, I already know they can take direction. If the person says, why? What am I writing down? I already know uh, they're 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 not there to take direction. Okay. They're they're there to do battle. Or one time I had a person come in and they're sitting like this, cross-legged. Their arms are across their chest, really high, and kind of in an abstinent pose. Yeah. Almost saying, "Yeah, what can you teach me?" Yeah. So two minutes into the consultation, I said, uh, "Who told you you had to be here?" So what what percentage of the time you think consultations for you lead to, you know, teacher client relationships? Probably uh 80%. Okay. So 10 10% it's just not a fit. Mm-hmm. And uh 10% it's just not somebody I want to work with. Got it. Um and the other 80% uh I see the reason that they're there. Yeah. And I can help them. Uh, based on what they say they want to achieve, which is my job as a coach. Yeah. But I play many roles, you know, coach, teacher, yeah, guide, yeah, um, advisor. Mm-hmm. But it's a very high-level client that, you know, can take advice. Yes. Um, so, and coach is a lot of times too high. Because coach is, you know, just like you see in, in sports. You kick him in the ass and you say, come on, get out there and do it. And that, a lot of times that's too rough for people. Yep. You know, take a lap. Who are you talking? You know, so he's like, all right, let me teach you something. You know, you go into, yeah. uh, or a lot more compassionate mode. Because um, at that stage, you really need to understand, instead of teaching what I want to teach necessarily, I have to understand the person and what they're trying to do. Um, and so that's a lot of compassion, understanding, listening, and then together, uh, finding the path that's going to be right for them. So that's why, that's why I do what I do. How long have you been in this business? How long have you been advising, coaching, Uh, helping people? Since 2005. Wow. So about 12 years. Yeah. And what prompted you to get started? What was, what did that journey look like? Interesting. That journey started when... I think it was uh, WPT boot camps came to me mm-hmm. and started asking me to do their camps. And I'd go for a weekend or a week. Sometimes we had it, they were really big at the time. You know, we'd go down to the Bahamas for a week and people would play really big money. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking about my own. PCA or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. So we do weekend boot camps or week long boot camps. Punta Cana or all these exotic places. Yeah. And it was good. It was fun. But I kind of realized that people were, weren't really there. The majority weren't there to necessarily learn. Mm-hmm. They were there for the experience of meeting pros, yep. of having vacation. And my kind of material was really geared to help people improve. And, and sometimes uh, they didn't want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not that they didn't want to hear it. I, oddly enough, 
the people that ran the organization, you know. Huh, interesting. Well, you know, they're in a business, right? Yeah, so, if someone really gets a lot better, they're not going to sign up next year. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they won't sign up or that because they're getting a lot better. It's just where are you meeting the client? Um, I see. At their level of interest. Yeah. You know? They're interested in taking pictures and shaking hands and, you know, telling bad beats. and Not everybody. Don't get me wrong. But I just, and this has been a challenge for me personally. I've always tended to want more for my students or my clients than they want for themselves sometimes. So I have to. I can relate to that, yeah. I have to, I have to check that, you know. And that's, that's a fault on my part. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can never want more for your student or your client than they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, that was a growth thing that I went through. Yeah. So that's how that all started. And, uh, then, you know, I had a great years in 06 and 07, won over a million both years. And mm-hmm. so people just started coming to me individually and wanted to pay me a lot of money to, to learn. Amazing. Or maybe it was to be like me. I don't know. <laughs> but and it's I just travel the world and play poker. And, and uh, I had to tell them, you know, you can't be me. you got to be you. And has it, has it been kind of like the level, like in terms of how many people you're working with, has it been at like a comfortable level for you kind of ever since then? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've always got those like two or three balls in the air. Mm-hmm. So I always keep it not too much for me. Like it's around 10 for okay. me, 10, 12, 8. 8 yeah. to 12 is, is good because I spend an hour at a time, but that's just an hour in session. And then there's another, because mine are very individual, very personalized, you know, there's another hour of admin, preparation, things like that at least. Yeah. And then they have contact with me besides just the lessons. So. Yeah. It adds up and then you're thinking about it, them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... So, yeah, so people that don't, and then there's an art to coaching it itself. Yes. And I've had great mentors that mm-hmm. helped me with that. So that's not just me. Who are some of your mentors? Ah, very good. Uh, my latest mentor is a guy named Fast Eddie Felsen, or is known as Fast Eddie Felsen. Okay. He did the, Paul Newman played him in The Color of Money and uh, the movie The Hustler. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that movie. And a yeah. uh, real life person. Um, lives here in Vegas, 78 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, just turned 78. Um, great man. And uh, he taught me more about the human experience and uh, connecting to human beings than anybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so he was a great mentor of mine. And then I've had many mentors uh, as far as people that I read, you know, like Alan Watts or, you know, Eckhart Tolle or Cahill Gibran, a lot of Eastern philosophy and okay. Zen and Buddhism and not just any one philosophy or religion by any means, but a broad range. Do you have a meditation practice? I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that... Uh, Meditation is the perfect waste of time. Hmm. Just kidding. That's an Alan Watts quote, I think. Um, no, meditation is, is fine. Uh, but I don't have a practice, but I've done it. I've yeah, done I'm just it. curious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 But not a practice, but okay. I have done it many times. Mm-hmm. And Matter of fact, uh, 
I did it a few weeks ago. Cool. It's a nice space to clear your mind of uh, of thoughts. Yeah. You know, and poker is a, such a mental game that our thoughts can just run away. Yeah. Being able to manage your thoughts is a great mental strength. Mm-hmm. One of my things my mentor said I'll share with you is kind of interesting. Sure. You're sharing it with the whole audience too, so be careful. Well, I know, but <laughs> I, well, I feel, you know, you, you've set up this environment so intimate that I, yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, so I feel like I'm just talking to you even though hopefully for you, hundreds of thousands. Of hundreds of thousands right now, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to put desire or... Uh, thought behind a consideration and reach a determination takes great skill takes that's mental strength you know Mm -hmm. and um so consciously doing that is uh is a wonderful journey of exploration of the mind but that to extend out from that above that is effort the way out of the mind is through effort so it's very important that in all these things we think about a hand, we talk about it. It's all thinking and talking. At the end of the day, you got to get out and play. Mm-hmm. You got to get out and you got to make the effort. Yeah. Um, because that's where the answers come from. The answers come from doing this, not from talking or thinking about it. Although those are very important traits. One of the things that improved my game was being able to think about it. Yeah, how often do you recommend to students at the more kind of beginner level that they their balance between you know playing versus studying and? Oh wow, what a great question! What a great question! It's so individual because yeah, yeah. some people will study as a substitute for doing. Yeah, they become professional students. Yeah, um, others are all about playing but can't study. You know, uh, no, I, I learned by experience. I learned, you know, la, 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 yeah. la, 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 So they play as a substitute for studying and learning. They become dilettantes, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's to the individual. Um, I think the important thing is to know yourself. And uh, you'll find this, that the people that need to be a student the most are not or, or can't afford it. And the the person, or they think they're at such a level that they don't need to study or learn. Yep. Well, the nice thing about poker, as well as it serves commonality with music, but it's really hard to be too arrogant in poker, given all the variance. You know, (laughs) I don't know. There's people that lie to themselves for a long time. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, it is. It's a game that uh, dishes its um, share of humility. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and especially if you played for a long time, I've been playing this game for 20 years now. And you play a lot of tournament poker too, so the variance is just it's, out of this world. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's exactly like they say, I cash about 20% of the time, 22%, 18 to 22% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of loss. Yeah. And so you better know how to deal with losing. Yep. Um... But once you realize it's a perspective, you're well on your way. Yeah. And that you learn from your losses more than you do from your wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can. Yeah. And should. 
Uh, that way, losing isn't you know that bad. Well, that seems like a good of a note as ever to end this interview. I've taken up almost two hours of your time already. It's been uh, great. Man. Thank you so much. We normally thank never you. do these interviews in person, and it's so much nicer when you're able to do yeah. this. And you know, it just it was just a really really great talking to you today, Kenna. It, it's really been great talking to you, and um, just look, look look forward to you know hearing from your audience. I'm looking. I'm looking to connect more. To you know, how old are you? I'm 24. 24. Wow. <laughs> I didn't start playing poker till I was 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've I've been playing since I've been very young. <laughs> so there's more than one generation gap here. Yeah. We're talking a, a few. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking to uh, connect and understand, um, and bridge the gap, uh, the gap of those generations. And you were kind enough to reach out a bridge for me to do just that. So I thank you. Thank you, Kenneth. You're welcome.